conversation. Come grab our seats. Welcome to Free Life Church. Welcome to those all watching online. You guys all look comfortable. Just kidding, we can't see you, but I bet you checked your camera settings. It's going to be a wonderful morning at church this morning. We're going to start with some announcements, hopefully. Good morning, Free Life Church. We're glad you're here. If you are visiting in person, please stop by the Connection Corner in the lobby to receive your welcome bag and learn more about Free Life Church. A member from our Connection team will be there to answer any questions you have. We look forward to meeting you. Discover who we are, what we believe, and how to get connected and equipped. Whether you are simply looking to get to know us or ready to become a member, this one-day course is where you'll begin. We hope you can join us on Saturday, May 15th from 9 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. We look forward to getting to know you. On May 16th, we will be hosting Child Dedications. It is our heart to pray over and bless the children that the Lord has placed in our church family. If you have an infant or small child and would like to dedicate them to the Lord, please register online on the events page. Please consider sponsoring a child for VBS this summer. We have several children in the Leesburg community who would benefit from a scholarship to attend VBS at Free Life Church. Your contribution of $25 provides one child the opportunity to enjoy a great week of learning about Jesus in an environment of fun and friendship. You can donate in person, online through our website, or through the PushPay app. We are excited to announce some wonderful outreach events happening in Loudoun County, like the Bible Reading Marathon. Experience what God is doing in our community. Check out our newsletter and our social media for more information. Remember, for more information about all of our upcoming events, please see the events page on our website. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning all, how are you? Good to see everyone. Thanks Josh, sorry I know we're going to take it straight down. So every once in a while, it just feels good to start the service with a public reading of scripture. And um, it's just wonderful to read the Bible, yeah? You all do it a lot, so I know you know. So I wonder if we could read, I'm going to read uh, John chapter 1, I'm going to read the whole chapter. Uh, and it's, it's lengthy, but uh, because you all love the scriptures, I know you're so excited right now. So maybe at the, uh, towards the end, maybe we can read together. They'll throw it up behind me, and then I'll let you know, and we can read it together. Should we read? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This is talking about John the Baptist. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that would be Christ, that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, 
and the world was made through him. Consider that sentence for a while. He made it, then he came to it. Trying not to preach. It's really difficult, just so you know. I'm using restraint. I'm quite impressed with myself right now. I'm just kidding. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This is he, this was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me, even though naturally John the Baptist was born before Christ. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law that was given through Moses, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. Now this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask Him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked Him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you, that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now those who were sent were sent from the Pharisees. And they asked him, saying, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water. But there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he who it is he who coming after me is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. These things were done in Betharba, by beyond the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Actually, I wonder, could we read this part together? Why don't we stand? That'll be wonderful. You can sit if you would like to. That's no problem. We're going to read together John 1, verse 29 onwards. We good to do that? All right. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending, and remaining in him. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. 
Again the next day, John stood with two of his disciples, and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and sending them, said to them, Sorry, what do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which is to say when translated teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. They came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Now when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated the stone. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? People said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit, Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God descending and descending upon the Son of Man. It's good to read scripture, feed your spirit. How many of you know these are normal people like you and me? They had brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and Christ came and changed their whole world around and he's done that for many of us, yeah? Can we worship him? Lord, we bless your name. We love you. We honor you. We gather together as your people. And we know that you are inhabit the praises of your people. May you be glorified today, Lord. We love you. We pray for our families. We pray for those who don't know you. We pray for this nation. We pray for all those who have different types of lives all over the world that are in poverty, that are broken, that are hurting, the addicts. Lord, we pray, may you use us to reach them. May you use each one of us, just in our daily lives, to reach out and to touch as your hands and your feet. And I thank you, Lord, that today we can come and exalt you and extol your name and stand in your presence and you can soften our hearts again, open our eyes again, encourage us again, give us hope again, because you win, Lord. At the end of the day, no other isms win, communism, socialism, nothing else wins. But Jesus Christ, you will rule and reign, and you will return. You will return, and you will make peace across the world. We bless your name, Jesus.
Amen. Let's worship. Amen. Good morning. Would you turn to someone and greet them? Give them a smile. Be friendly. And we'll worship the Lord together.
before you the demons run and flee it's at the mention of your name king of majesty there is no power in hell nor any who can stand we've got a power in the presence of the great I am great I am great I am great I am great I am
This morning, Father, we worship you. You're a believer this morning, you're a worship leader. Did you know that? You were made to worship, you were born to worship. God said, Let my people go that they might worship me. You guys are such good worshipers, I didn't even notice the sound was up.
story and now you're seated forever on your throne so why should my heart fear what you've defeated I will trust in you alone there's no reason why you can't break through no mountain you can't move all things are possible
We're okay with that. We're not. We're going to sing. We're going to worship. I want to read something to you here. It says here in Matthew 16, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But He said to them, Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, or son of John, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. You know that that region, Caesarea Philippi, where he was, is still there, obviously, today. In Jesus' day, there was uh, the, the temple of, of Philip and the temple to the God of Pan. And he stood in the middle of those two temples and etched in the rock. He stood on a massive rock facade, but bigger than this room, and etched into the rock with all these to gods in the stone and there was a massive cave there they thought that's where the gates to hell were they used to sacrifice children there the book of Enoch even says which is not a scriptural book but it says the watchers, the Nephilim gathered on that mountain to decide how to destroy the sons of men in the days of Noah and throughout history that physical location was known to the Jews as the most evil place in the world the most evil place on earth which is why the Greeks said that's the gates of hell Jesus went there one time. He was the furthest north he ever traveled. He went there one time. And he stood in the midst of all the most demonic things that were all around him. And then he asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? The truth is that there is no darkness, there's no evil that can prevent the truth of Jesus Christ penetrating the human heart. So, now we're going to partner with him. Because you clap, but then I say, well, you know your aunt, whatever, and you say, yeah, yeah, everyone but her, she's nuts. Or their heart is so hard. Or, well, my husband, I'm, I just don't know. There is no heart. There is no drug addict. There is no Satanist. There is no one whose heart God cannot touch and change like that. But sometimes he waits for you. We sang a song that said this, what I'm saying. We sang a song that says every stronghold will crumble. Paul talked about a stronghold as a fortress over a city, over a region that affected the thinking of the entire group, like Loudoun County or Northern Virginia or the United States. When those chains hit the ground, all of a sudden an entire region to people's eyes are open. We sing it, but do you believe it? So I wonder if you could bring that person to your mind person you say Lord I don't even know if I believe anymore for this I don't even know if this could happen they argue they're too clever for God they've read all the science books they think whatever it is they just lost in the world they just don't care they don't believe in anything or a city a nation your area your boss whatever any region can be just right now in our hearts Maybe you can close your eyes, lift it up in front of you, hold it up. And if all you can say is, God, I don't know how, but you do. I don't know how, but you do. Rescue, redeem, change, shift seasons, move things. Only he can do it. He may set up an appointment for you where you get an opportunity. And I encourage you, be bold and say what needs to be said with love, obviously. We're going to sing this again.
Can we worship over these people, over these situations, over these regions? Can we do that? Let's sing again. When you sing it, hold it up in front of your face. And you say, God, I see this, but you're bigger. There is no evil. There is no heart that God cannot penetrate. Can we worship him one more time? Let's do that. Seeing what you can do, oh God of wonders, your power hides no end. Things you've done before in greater measure, you will do again. There's no present wall you can break through. No mountain you can move, all things are possible. There's no broken body you can raise, no soul that you can save, all things are possible. The darkest light, you can light it up.
together with just the voices sing, oh. team we know it's not about the team but we thank you can we just give them a little bit of honor thank you. That's good. all right well I don't want to speak long Tommy's gonna come Tommy why don't you come Tommy's gonna be bringing the word today which I'm excited about he walks with the Lord I've known this I've seen this over the years I've seen him grow he's just he just walks with the Lord in a very intimate, close way. And so he always brings something different, which I appreciate and always have open ears for. Um, just wanted to give one small announcement. We have an encounter night this week coming up, this week Saturday. 
And for those of you who have never been to one, I encourage you to come. We just gather together and we worship for a couple hours. And we just trust the Lord and see whatever he wants to do. And uh, it's always a wonderful time. It's always, we often end up praying for people or people praying for each other or some form of equipping of God's people. But the focus is just to worship the Lord and to worship the Lord. The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people, yeah? You know that Israel, the height of Israel's time was with King David. And I don't want to start preaching, but it was all built on a worshiper's heart. It was all built because of what he did with worship. And on top of all of that, Israel was built in the, high, the height of its power. And Jesus said that he will rebuild that tabernacle before he comes back. So we will see that ultimately when he comes back. But we can worship him and see him enthroned on praise. Amen? Can I pray for you, sir? Or would you like to pray for yourself? You may pray. May I pray? <laughs> I know what it's like. You, someone prays for you and you're like, yeah, I'm still going to pray anyway. I might, anyway. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Father, I thank you for this man. Thank you for my friend. But I thank you more than that, that he's your friend. And I, I pray a blessing on him. He can be himself. He can relax. He's amongst family. And we'd love to hear what you've put on his heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hi, everybody. My name is Tommy. I haven't said that out loud to many of you. But it's, it's awesome. It is awesome to do this. It's awesome to see all of you. Welcome to people online, especially if you're visiting. Uh, and that includes some family of mine, and that's pretty special. Uh, I need to say that my mother-in-law is in the building today. And oh, also welcome to people, visitors, who are here in person. That's amazing. Uh-huh. But my mother-in-law is here, and um, just to reveal something about myself real quick, she calls me her, her son-in-love, which is special and embarrassing in the best way. So that was for free. I want to also say that Clayton has a knack for um, setting me up with his sermons. So I'm going to represent some of his thoughts from last week if you were here or if you tuned in online. And to me, that's just telling of the same spirit with a capital S at work in his people because we didn't talk about things beforehand. This began with seeing something special in the word and it was special for a couple reasons. One, it was because I found it myself. Nobody directed me there. I didn't hear it from anybody. And there's just something significant and memorable about finding a truth in Scripture yourself. And the second one is it caused me to dig deeper into the Word, to find out more about that truth. And there was another truth waiting right there. Just awesome. Proverbs 25.2, you don't have to turn there, says it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, and it's the glory of kings to search it out. I'm not calling myself a king. I'll say that it's interesting how highly Solomon regarded searching out the mysteries of God. When the wisest man on earth says something is a big deal, you go find out why it's a big deal. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you are alive through your word. And you are alive tangibly. 
in our bodies and in our minds and even in our feelings. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to be all that you are in this room this morning and online. You are good no matter what. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm sorry if I get... I, there's tissues here. So I'm prepared. You are too, just so you know. But uh, let's read the Bible and find, this, find these mysteries. Turn with me, if you have a Bible, to Luke chapter 10. We're going we're gonna to read a few verses. We're going to start at verse 38. Luke 10, 38. Now it happened as they went that he, Jesus, entered a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha welcomed, her, welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said, Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary's chosen the good part. Some translations say that which is better. And it won't be taken from her. Another translation says, this privilege will not be taken from her. The privilege was to sit at Jesus' feet. That is my title for today, sit at his feet. Jesus didn't call it a commandment or a requirement or a rule. A privilege. We don't groan over privileges. We don't hear teenagers get upset when they get their license. We don't hear little kids get upset when they get to stay up later. We're usually excited about those things. As a rabbi, Jesus taught his disciples about differences between the world and his kingdom by walking them into situations and seeing how they reacted. They weren't always aware of the learning moments that they were in as they were unfolding. And it was the same with these two ladies. Jesus put personal connection with him, personal intimate connection with him in privilege status, above perfection and appearance and performance. And society is the opposite. He was paying more attention to their hearts and their minds and how available those were to his voice and his nature than to how available the refreshments were in the house or how clean the house was. When doing for God becomes more important than being God's, we've missed the point. It's because the work of the believer is designed to be an outworking of intimacy cultivated with the king. When we read and hear the scriptures, 
we begin to get to know him. But when we sit at his feet and begin to submit our ambitions and our thoughts to him as well, we begin to hear and recognize his voice for us through revelation by the Holy Spirit. Eric, I see you. I just needed to point out someone I met yesterday. Recently, a young woman was having difficulty seeing a clear path for her immediate future because things weren't working out the way she had hoped in her job. She was in a small group meeting, and she and some other people practiced just being in God's presence with worship on. I say practiced because it takes practice. Our lives in Northern Virginia aren't always naturally conducive to quieting ourselves before the Lord. But Psalm 22.3 says God inhabits the praises of his people. We just said that. So worship helps. After a few minutes in this environment, she felt relief. And she shared that her thoughts had switched gears to a dream job she had, she had thought of years ago. And she suddenly felt more clarity about the situation and more permission to pursue it. That's the father's voice for his daughter. The connection is intimate. We can sit down at someone's, we can sit down next to someone and it'll feel personal. But when we sit at someone's feet, we cross a line into something deeper. Many of us are running around inside our internal house, trying to clean things up and make Jesus feel comfortable. While the seat, sorry, while the seat at his feet is empty. Distractions can be compelling. John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice. That indicates a couple things. One, that he is speaking. And two, that there are other voices competing for you. Intimacy with God reproduces his nature here in your seat, and anywhere you are. I'll use fire as an example. It's in the nature of fire to be hot. Not a surprise. And to affect things around it with its heat. If you're near a fire, your skin will begin to feel hot. Its nature is effectively reproduced on your skin. When you walk away from the fire, your skin may no longer feel hot, but your clothes were affected by the fire, and you will smell like fire smells. God's qualities are in his nature. Qualities like his thoughts and his wisdom, his knowledge, his power, his love, his creativity, reproduced in anyone who will choose intimacy with him. It will change a person. 
understanding and partnering with his nature. We talked about partnering already. It's the highest calling that you personally and we corporately can have. And I submit that it results in the greatest kingdom work on earth. Connection with him breeds more connection with him. It's wonderful to see people nodding. I'm not saying you need to. It doesn't do anything for me. I'm just glad that there are people who that's true of. When we are in connection with him, we don't want to leave it. And when we leave that connection, we miss it. Smith Wigglesworth said, I don't usually spend more than half an hour in prayer, but I never go more than half an hour without prayer. We're made for it. Psalm 34.8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. The word good in Hebrew is tov. It means good. <laughs> Particularly to act well and live honestly. That's not the world's standard of good. But it's heavens. There can be no better thing than heaven's standard of good. It's the foundation for the connection that Mary made herself available to. Personal connection at Jesus' feet. Someone reading this story through a Jewish lens would notice the woman's names and what the names represented because God's intentional with names throughout the Bible. Mary's name means beloved. In contrast, Martha's name means mistress of her own house, female for master. That's what I said when I read it. I said, wow. I'd say they lived out their names. You could even say they show us the two sides of us, the two choices that we have. Call them postures of the heart. In one, we're the masters of our own house with the goal in mind to provide for Jesus and maybe even to impress him. And in the other, And the other, to be his beloved audience as he speaks to us. When Jesus called his disciples, he never said, go prepare, bless you. He never said, go prepare yourself and follow me. He just said, follow me. He was more interested in them for who they were. And he chose them based on his perspective of them as they were. The show The Chosen has an excellent interpretation of this when Jesus chooses Matthew to follow him. Matthew is a young Jewish man who works for the Romans in town who don't like him because he's Jewish, collecting taxes from his own people who don't like him because he's working for the Romans. He gets to follow someone who believes in him 
and he is shocked. Jimmy and Cindy Larch, a couple who lead an international missions group for youth, explain that when a new student left their families to follow a rabbi, the family would offer a blessing. Some of you may know it already. May you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. Because they knew that the they knew that the students hoped to be walking so closely with their teacher that as the rabbi walked and his feet kicked up dust and sand, that it would cover his students. The truth is that God desires this for everyone. The opportunity to be loved and spoken to and transformed by our true father. I want to challenge your thinking and your self-perception because you may not be to Jesus who you think you are or who you feel that you are. He sees you as more. Write that down. The way Jesus feels about you is the same way he felt toward about the mistress of her own house. And we can see it more clearly in the Passion Translation. It says that when Jesus responded to Martha, he called her my beloved Martha. Mary's name. Mary's the one doing the better thing. Her name means beloved. Look at what's happening here. Jesus called Martha beloved before he acknowledged her state of mind or her nerves because he felt that way toward her no matter what her focus was. When we read the story, we can have a tendency to relate to either Mary or Martha more so. It's our feelings and our mind that dictate that to us. Because according to God, you are not either or because there's only one option. From Jesus' perspective, which is the only one that matters, you are, as Mary was, beloved, because he calls us the way he sees us, the way he sees us, not by what he sees us doing. When my oldest son, who's in the room, who's 10, comes to me with a question, or a thousand thoughts about Marvel or his Legos, I can choose to respond by ignoring all that and asking him if his homework is done. I have done that, not my proudest moments. When I do that, I can expect all the excitement and intrigue to drain out of him. Because he's hoping at that moment that I care more about him than about his to-do list. If I respond to him out of how I truly see him, out of the destiny I see for him, then I get to talk to my son, even if it's, even if it's just for a minute. And then I can ask him if his homework is done. The thing is, he's even more motivated to do what I've asked him to do. And we haven't even talked about a reward. The connection is the reward. 
connection with us was Jesus' reward for going through with the cross. Hebrews 12.2 says, For the joy set before him, he endured it. God can now legally see us through the lens of perfect righteousness, past our attempts and our failures, as if we had completed a to-do list perfectly because of his son's sacrifice. Galatians 2.21 says, I do not set aside grace, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, then Christ died for nothing. Bill Johnson said our identity has to be built out of how God sees us because the way he sees reality is right. A.W. Tozer, in his book, The Knowledge of the Holy, said what comes to your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. I let that sink in the first time I heard it. How we see God's personality and his view of us will determine everything. Maybe you've received a prophetic word from someone that sounded too important to be directed at you. Consider that you're more important to God's plan than you think you are. We're his beloved. When Jesus calls Martha beloved, he's communicating to her that he wants to interact with her on the same personal, intimate, in the same way that Mary's allowing him to. We can provide an orderly space for the king so that he can feel comfortable. Or we can allow and welcome the king to bring heavenly provision and heavenly order to our space. What it takes is giving him the space. The more of our space we hand over to him, the more is transformed. Maybe it's your plans for your career, or your plans for your money, or your spare time, or something else that he's patiently waiting to receive from you. I met with a man who's been blessed financially, and he knows it. Doesn't make him arrogant, though, because he knows that his resources came from the Lord. He received fast and significant promotions in his career, and he kept his eyes on the source of his success. It's made him very generous. It inspires me when I hear him talk about it, because he says the money is not his like many other parts. Give him the whole house, and some in this house could see a whole nation transform. Your space is anywhere you are, anywhere you go, anything you touch or are involved in. It's your sphere of influence. Bill Johnson also said, transformed people, transform people. That's a good line. 
I've shared an example before about how I feel I gained a day of the week. And it's funny to say it like that because of how often we might say, or we might hear people say, we wish the weekend was a day longer. Not too long ago, Sundays after church, to me, were coveted almost as much as Sunday mornings. Being at home was great, but it didn't really matter if I was or not, because who or what was going on around me didn't matter that much, as long as football was on. I'm not condemning sports, because I still like them a lot, but they were an idol. A thought crossed my mind one Sunday that I didn't have to watch. I didn't have to ignore my kids or my wife, or put off housework or yard work and cram them in after the game. The urge and necessity to watch was gone. And it was suddenly a choice. Believe me when I say the thought was not mine. But I chose to agree with it. And our family has changed. A thought, a choice that brought death to one thing, brought life to something so much better. But dying is required. And remember how connection breeds more connection? Dying to something that doesn't bring your relationship with the Lord deeper makes more of that kind of death easier in the future. Sometimes it even makes it a welcome decision. So I'll ask a question. We say that we want an extra day, but what are we doing? How are we treating the days and the hours and the minutes, even the minutes that we already have? Consider that the Lord wants to transform your time. Our hobbies, everyday things, can become dedicated times to sit at Jesus' feet in our hearts. Someone has shared several testimonies of how when they're out, when she's a woman, when she's out running in her neighborhood and she has conversations with the Lord, how often she gets personal revelations or things that lead to divine appointments while she's out running. She's an athlete, so she devotes time to that. She has a day job, but she devotes her other time. God put these interests in us. Consider that he wants to reveal his thoughts to you during that time. For me, even something like folding laundry has changed. <laughs> he says, pray for me. <laughs> it's changed because that time is now his. It's an autopilot thing. So he can do with my mind whatever he wants. Things like prophetic words for people come. And even strategies for parenting. Which is nice. Even though this can evade us as adults, it's simple. I want to read to you an excerpt 
for my eight-year-old daughter's devotional, which we read at night. It's titled, Are You Listening? Listen to me at all times. I have so many things to tell you. There are people and situations. that I want you to pray for. There is help I want to give you. There are both traps and blessings I want to point out to you. Tune out all the noise of the world and let my spirit help you tune into me. I know you have plans for this day, but check with me first. Your plans may fit perfectly with mine. Or I might have something even better prepared for you. Don't get so caught up in making your day go the way you have planned that you miss out on the blessings of my plan. Take time to listen to me, and I will show you how to really live. Makes it very simple. Once the time is his, it won't be the same to you. Maybe he's bringing something to your mind right now that he'd like to become his. There are practical ways to encourage and strengthen intimacy with Jesus. So I'll share a few that I've found and others have as well. Keep his agenda for you above your agenda for him. That begs the question, what's his agenda for me? His agenda for you is to be loved and to be secure as a son. Joshua 1.8 says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. It's not legalism. It's a giant suggestion from the Lord. Some of the definitions of meditate in that verse are murmur, mutter, and muse. Don't be afraid to repeat the same thing over and over again if it helps. And I promise you it will help. Play worship music to have a sound that exalts the Lord around you often. I learned this one from my wife. I learned, uh, I learned many things from her. I'm not a happy person in the morning, almost any morning. And for years, she plays worship in the morning when she's waking up. And it bothered me. Man. I don't know how rude I sounded, but I know that I sounded rude whenever I asked her if she could turn it down or if she could change the song because I was sick of that one. I was treating worship really well, trust me. But that has changed. Boy, has that changed. She taught me about this without saying a word. She never complained about my attitude. She never even really said why she was doing it. She just did it. It can be background music down low. You don't even have to be actively listening to it. 
However, I met with a man recently who was dealing with insecurity about his identity as a son of God and as a husband. He shared that by having worship music playing as often as he could, those thoughts faded. And he was able to worship from a place of confidence and peace. He recognized that there's an atmosphere around him. The invisible realm is active. He exposed his ears and thoughts to what heaven is singing right now. And it began a process of change in him. I think of even singing it without realizing it, like when it's the song in your head. And it's awesome, just on a side note, to not have to worry about singing bad words out loud by accident. When worship is in your head, not a whole lot of bad is going to come from that. Just a little tip. Another one is pray in tongues. Let your spirit talk with the Lord and see where your thoughts go. If you're not sure what to pray, I love telling people this. If you're not sure what to pray, just pray in tongues. The spirit in you that came from God and di relates directly to him knows exactly what to pray. And it knows languages that your brain doesn't know. There was a study done by the University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine. They studied images of brain activity while people spoke in tongues. This was exciting to read. The report says, I'll just read part of it, our finding of decreased activity in the frontal lobes during the practice of speaking in tongues is fascinating. It's a scientific report. Because these subjects truly believe that the Spirit of God is moving through them and controlling them to speak. Our brain imaging research shows us that these subjects are not in control of the usual language centers of the brain during this activity. These findings could be interpreted as the subject's sense of self being taken over by something else. We scientifically assume it's being taken over by another part of the brain. But we couldn't see in this imaging study where this took place. Another quick story. I was in the kitchen the other day, praying over something, and from the other room, only people on the, whole, on the first floor were me, and my daughter, my daughter from the other room, I can't even see her, she can't see me, she goes, are you speaking in tongues? And I was caught off guard. Could <laughs> that normal, you know? It doesn't always happen. And I was, you know, at first I was kind of embarrassed. I was like, uh, well, the answer is yes, but how do I explain? And I was just like, oh, she heard it. She recognized it. She's eight, and she can recognize speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. It just made me very happy. I'm going to close with this. You may find yourself paying more attention to what you watch and to what you listen to and to what you read. And those habits and your preferences may end up changing. My prayer for us is that as we notice the changes, whether we've done a quarter turn 
from old choices or a whole 180 from old choices. That we stare straight ahead and say, Jesus, I want more. I want more of your words. I want more of your presence. I want more of your nature in me. It's a privilege. And he wants to give it. Sitting at his feet can start today. I would love to pray for us. So let's do it. Father, you are good no matter what. You are in this room and you are changing things right now. I say that in faith in the name of Jesus. I send distractions away and I just increase our focus even on a supernatural level. Holy Spirit, come do your work when we are not expecting you to, when we are not even paying attention. Come grab our attention. And keep us steadfast, looking forward. If you felt this tugging at you, or even if you're more curious about it, just say, thank you, Lord. Yes, I want this. King Jesus, we exalt you. And we exalt what you want to do in this body. In your name, amen. Thank you. Stirring. I just find myself sitting there just getting hungrier and hungrier for the Lord. Gee, that was profound. You know, simple but profound. I've said before, it's not the most complicated things that change the world. It's a profound revelation of the basics, which he clearly has. Can we stand? Tommy, thank you. Seriously. Thank you. Oh. really good. <laughs> That's really good. That's wonderful to see a person who walks with the Lord, yeah? It's challenging, but it's never a competition. I remember this man, I, don't, I, don't, I know I could say this, I know him very well. I remember he said to me once, I'll never speak in front of people. <laughs> he does a great job. Yes, he does. He was one of our youth leaders, and he said, I'll never do that. Well, God can do anything. And now he's helping us all. So, Father, we love you. We bless you. Stir our hearts. We want to know you. We thank you. Welcome again to the visitors. It's wonderful to have you. And uh, have a wonderful day. Encounter night on Saturday night. And is there anything else I'm going to say? Oh, there's going to be a ministry team of people up here that are trained to pray for you and deal with and help with any of the issues that you may face in life. We'll just say it that way. Bless you. Love you. Hang around. Have some tea and coffee. It's great to fellowship. Amen.
Good morning, Free Life Church. We're glad you're here. If you are visiting in person, please stop by the Connection Corner in the lobby to receive your welcome bag and learn more about Free Life Church. A member from our Connection team will be there to answer any questions you have. We look forward to meeting you. Discover who we are, what we believe, and how to get connected and equipped. Whether you are simply looking to get to know us or ready to become a member, this one-day course is where you'll begin. We hope you can join us on Saturday, May 15th from 9 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. We look forward to getting to know you. On May 16th, we will be hosting child dedications. It is our heart to pray over and bless the children that the Lord has placed in our church family. If you have an infant or small child and would like to dedicate them to the Lord, please register online on the events page. Please consider sponsoring a child for VBS this summer. We have several children in the Leesburg community who would benefit from a scholarship to attend VBS at Free Life Church. Your contribution of $25 provides one child the opportunity to enjoy a great week of learning about Jesus in an environment of fun and friendship. You can donate in person, online through our website, or through the PushPay app. We are excited to announce some wonderful outreach events happening in Loudoun County, like the Bible Reading Marathon. Experience what God is doing in our community. Check out our newsletter and our social media for more information. Remember, for more information about all of our upcoming events, please see the events page on our website. Thanks for tuning in.